Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosso. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Ornella Clavisi, who's the General Manager of Consumer Services at Musculoskeletal Australia. Uh, welcome to Viewpoints for the first time, Ornella. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure, and I, I understand that, um, and we'll be talking about this shortly, that you've uh, just conducted the largest and most comprehensive consumer-driven survey in Australia to understand the impacts that are sadly experienced by some 7 million mm. Australians with muscul- musculoskeletal conditions. Um, but firstly, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role. Sure. So um, I am the General Manager of Consumer Services, so I kind of manage the programs and support services that we have for people uh, with musculoskeletal conditions and the people who care for them. So we have, I guess, one of the the biggest things that we do is we have a a helpline, which uh, is staffed by nurses, but also volunteers, people with musculoskeletal conditions that actually can have a shared experience so people can uh, ring up and have a chat to on whatever whatever issues that they have or any information that they want, they can call that. We have, um, I guess, a number of resources for people to use um, as part of their day-to-day management or queries that they have about their condition. And we also have webinars as well with, um, I guess, experts in the field regarding uh, how to manage and get for people to know more about their condition. Um, and they're generally the main things that we do is provide information and support. Mm, and there's a, a lot of support to be to be given. Now, yeah. one of the challenges, I think, uh, and, and, and congratulations on the, on the report. I have the report. It's very comprehensive, and you go into your methodology, which uh, is also very important because we need to know the uh, efficacy of yeah. these reports. There's over 150 different types of musculoskeletal conditions. Just might to elaborate on that before we get into the findings. Sure. So, so I guess musculoskeletal conditions is an overarching sort of term for any condition where there's inflammation of the joint or muscles or any conditions resulting in inflammation of joints or relating to muscles or bones or bursae, which is like the little sacs that sit alongside of your joints. Um, so, when we talk about musculoskeletal conditions, we're talking about, uh, I guess, a whole lot of conditions, including back pain, arthritis, both rheumatoid and osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, gout, uh, fibromyalgia, and lupus. So there's a lot, there's many. They sort of have similar characteristics in terms of inflammation. Sometimes they're, they're quite different in the way that they present or how people, um, I guess, get their conditions. Uh, but overarching, they're, they're the main things that happen, uh, and I think the impacts are generally the same. Mm. And um, it's quite amazing that uh, 8.7 million people are expected to suffer from uh, one of these conditions by 2032. That's uh, yeah. a phenomenal number of, uh, That's of astounding. people. astounding, yeah. It's astounding, yeah. Uh, so I think that that was kind of like, I mean, we've been working on that. That was one of the reports that our organisation had uh, done along with Deloitte's um, Access Economics to try and work out, well, what's, what's the actual extent of this condition and we, uh, these conditions? And we did that a while ago, um, thinking that maybe uh, understanding the cost would be enough to sort of spur some sort of momentum to try and get um, more funding and more support for people with these conditions. But 
it doesn't seem to be enough. And there's enough action, there's lots of action plans from other organisations that have been put forward on the best way to try and manage these conditions. But really, there hasn't been much action. Um, so what we thought we would do is actually open up people's minds and to, to the understanding of what it's like to live with a condition. It's not just about having a sore elbow. It's more than that. And so that was part of why we wanted to try do this survey so that people really understood what it's like. And also for people who are reading this who also have conditions, to know they're not alone, to read some of the anecdotes that we've put in from people who have actually told us their stories so that people would would see themselves in those stories and say, oh, that's great, there's some validation for them because often they look, people look well, they're they don't seem sick, they don't look sick, but inside there's, uh, they're feeling a lot of pain and then I guess beyond that, there's a whole lot of ramifications for them in their lives. Mm. Tell us a bit about the survey um, as, as a preface to the findings. Um, so do you, do you mean, I mean, with this survey, I think one of, the, one of the good things about this survey and one of the things we're proud of is that we involved uh, people living with these conditions as part of the development of the survey. So we didn't just want to just rely on research evidence, which we did, um, to try and inform the questions that we asked, but really we wanted to know from people, what are some of the things that really affect you that you think should be part of the survey and that we should be asking the wider community? And that was a big part of what we did. We had um, a panel of consumers helping us in the development of those, and I think that sort of makes the survey so much more meaningful and that people could really connect with the survey because people then could think about, oh, yes, this really speaks to me and those things are actually affecting me. And I guess that might have spurred our big response rate, but also the fact that people were comfortable to share their stories, which were often really raw and really sad. Mm. I mean, we had at least 1,300 people tell us their stories uh, of what it's like to live with these conditions. And I think that that connection is really important when we when we launched it. Um, and we're really happy that people were able to resonate and be able to respond and, and tell us about their story of what it's like to live with a condition. Mm. Now, I, I, when I was scanning through it, and you've noted this as, a, um, as an under-representation and possible limitation, I looked at yeah. the gender, 69% female, 30% <laughs> Male, one percent other. I couldn't believe. I, I couldn't believe that such a small number of men are suffering from muscular no. skeletal conditions. I thought it'd have to be higher than that. And it probably is. Uh, it's it's hard because generally in research, it's hard to get men to actually participate in research. Unless, of course, you've got a specific you know, specifically for men, but trying to get men involved in research has been really tricky. And it's it's common amongst all research, um, trying to get them involved. And we really tried to target them too, even with the way in which we recruited and trying to, to engage them more. But it's often it's often the, the case that men are less likely to participate in these types of surveys. But, but we've got at least 30% to sort of draw on at least then to sort of paint a picture of what it might be like for men who live with these conditions too. And mm. we do want more men to be involved. Like we we would really like to hear their voices too of what it's like for them. Mm. And and what was also, I think, um, very sobering uh, was that 30% of uh, respondents had 
two conditions and over a quarter mm. had three or more. Um, you can only imagine yeah. the impact on their lives. Yeah, so having, you can imagine, yeah, exactly. So if you've got two musculoskeletal conditions on top of any other condition that you have, I mean, what does that mean to your quality of life? It's it, it's so hard to try and then manage all of those conditions. Uh, you know, just just day to day, trying to manage with one is hard. You know, it's multiplied when you have to manage more. And also financially, like having to, the costs of having to manage all of those is, is you know, can can add up quite astronomically. And, you know, that was something that was definitely raised as part of the survey with 65%. So over two-thirds of people reporting that they had financial stress relating to their conditions. So because it adds up, you've got specialists, you've got your GP, you've got your medications, you've got over-the-counter, you've got your prescriptions. Then if you need physio, all of those things add up. And if you think you've got a chronic condition, which means you've you know it's lifelong sometimes so you can think about oh just how much impact that might have financially but it also can affect other things like your ability to work and your ability to socialize and it just becomes this vicious cycle and um, it's really sad to see that people just feel uh, you know almost um, exasperated by their condition that they're not able then to just live their lives or reach their potential. So I think they're the types of things that often are just unknown to people around that. So that was something that we wanted to draw out of the survey. They certainly did that. We need to take a short break. Ornella, uh, can you hold the line? Sure. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosick, and I'm in the middle of a conversation with Ornella Clavisi, who's a general manager, consumer services, MSK, or Musculoskeletal Australia, as its long-term name is, and we're talking about their recent um, survey report. Welcome back, Ornella. Ornella, there's a lot of findings from this very uh, comprehensive survey. You might like to outline a couple that we haven't discussed yet that you think are of uh, particular significance. Uh, I think maybe just to highlight some of the things around um, pain. I mean, we'll, you know, we we know the names of these conditions, but we don't often think just how much pain that people have affects their lives um, and what that means uh, beyond beyond just um, having this these conditions. And I, I think one of the things we'd be nice to touch on is the fact is this. Uh, which which was quite common was that this lack of sleep from being in pain, and this vicious circle around not being able to sleep, having a foggy brain, um, then all of those things perpetuate uh, to the point where you know you you're unable to function, you're not able to work, you're you're tired, you're going down to the shops or or being able to you know make lunches for your children, all of those things are impacted and I think that that in that I think it's something that we need to think about because the issue of tiredness being tired is is one that is often overlooked from having these conditions and it's something that we need to definitely highlight for people that because often people think that you're lazy or you know you're not doing much you're a bit lethargic and it's not that it's that people are really spent but they don't have any energy 
left. Um, and I think that's something that we we need to consider or at least to have some understanding about um, when people are experiencing conditions. So I thought I think that's something that was highlighted in the survey and not being able to concentrate. All of those things were part of um, I guess what we wanted to highlight or what was highlighted on, you know as part of the survey. Mm. Impact on personal relationships was another area on which you yeah. touched. You might like to elaborate. Yeah, so thirty percent of said that they their that their impact on on their personal that it was in, that their personal relationships or being intimate with their partner was impacted, which is like a third of people. Like that's that's astounding, you know, to think that you that that someone's condition can prevent them from that. So. That was something we thought really stood out for us that we thought we should highlight and and also to let people know that if they are feeling like that, that they're not alone, that it's understandable um, and that, that we should have more support for people who are feeling like that then in order to work out ways that they can manage. So that's definitely something that stood out for us. And 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 um, isolation uh, for a lot of people is a problem too. I mean, you've got a pro- you've got challenges, and then you feel isolated. That doesn't help, does it? No, it doesn't. And often, you know, that big impact. I mean, p- people usually withdraw from from when they're in pain. They withdraw so that they're not they don't want to be social. And and you know, we've we've all experienced pain at some time of our lives. But if it's chronic. Um, often people sort of withdraw and then they don't want to make any firm commitments and or they feel guilty like i mean 63% of people said that they they needed to monitor how much they do socially so it's not like they can just do whatever they want whatever they want they actually have to consider what they do because they know they're going to feel tired and in pain and sore the mm. next day so they really have to manage their life in a way that most of us who don't have a condition um don't think about uh and so and and often other things are are impacted too because people say that they don't necessarily um want to make new friends or they don't want to they don't want to socialize with their friends and families or they can't they're not that they don't want to and like that's 66 percent of people said that that was the case for them um and and some of them have said that they didn't want to make they couldn't make new friends like they didn't have enough energy to even make new friends so you can see how that starts and starts painting a picture of how pervasive this can be in terms of people's social networks and being able to interact with their families being able to interact with their partners um, and just not being able to engage in the way that they would like to. And often that comes with a big sense of guilt. And, of course, all this impacts on that area that uh, can cause us an enormous amount of, uh, of pain, mental health. Yeah. And, and we had about 50% of people said that, that it had a negative impact on their mental health. And so all of that, um, and often people don't think about it, I mean, People will say that it's had a negative impact, but they don't necessarily, they might not associate it specifically with their musculoskeletal condition, but that's where it starts and that's at the heart of them not being able to, I guess, do the things that they want to do. And that comes, and then that affects everything else as well. So that that will affect your sleep and it's like this vicious circle of 
not being able to sleep, having being, you know, having an impact or a negative impact on someone's mental health. And I think there needs to be more support for people in that. And and when people have musculoskeletal conditions, people there should be some sort of provision or support to ask people how they're feeling so that they're able to open up and get the help that they need. Mm, which brings us to, it's a great and very comprehensive, illuminating report. Moving forward, um, what, what sort of things can we do? So for, for people themselves, I mean, for us, a big part is to try and support people in self-care because if people can feel empowered to take um I guess to have the to take a role in caring for themselves, having the information in order to do that. It's one of the things that we would like to do is to be able to support people so they can manage manage themselves. That doesn't mean that it's all about them. It means that there needs to be support for people to do that as well. Support from health professionals, support from family and friends, support from government to be able to do that. But also issues around affordability of care. So how how do we then build affordable systems for people? And I think one of the ones that we had highlighted um, was that um, in at the moment with chronic chronic disease GP sorry GP chronic disease management plans, you get five visits um, that are, that have a Medicare rebate for them for to see allied health specialists like physios etc. But they only, there's only five and you have if you've got a condition, it doesn't stop after five and you really need that ongoing support. And what we want is for those to be expanded so that people can get more visits to these um, allied health professionals in order to be really costly. And if you don't have private health insurance, which a lot of people don't, um, how do you then, how are then are you able to get the best care for you? So that's something that we would like to advocate for really strongly so that people can get the support that they need. Um, we also want to raise awareness about these conditions because often, because like we like our report says, it's making the invisible visible. People don't know enough about these conditions. They don't know enough about the impact. We want to start raising that awareness and we want to build a much bigger profile for these conditions so that they get the support, so that people get the support that they need. Um, and that's a big part of what we need to do. Of course, everybody needs, well, not everybody, but for us that have to work, they need to be supported to work. And so that's in part, we would like to develop some some systems whereby we could support people to do that. And whoever whoever will be involved, whether it will be government or other organisations, we want to be able to help people to do that. And that's a big part of what we'd like to do going forward. Mm, plenty to do. Well, now the time's got away from us in congratulating you, not only on the report, but the great work you do. If people wish to get in touch with you, how would they do that? So they can hop on our website, msk.org.au. That's got a number of different resources. It's got all of our information resources and our webinars. Um, if people want to call our helpline, um, if people need support, please call our helpline. There, are, we've got our nurses and our trained volunteers who are just who would re, are really supportive and will be able to help. And our number is one eight hundred two six three two six five, or people can actually email the helpline as well on helpline at msk.org.au. Mm. Thank you for your time and the great work that you do. Uh, and it's oh. sadly. An issue that's not going to go away in a hurry, is it? Uh, no, 
No, but we can keep trying. And just to let people know, they don't have to suffer in silence and they don't have to, they're not alone. So if they really need some help, they can always contact us. Absolutely. Thank you. That was Ornella Clavisi, General Manager, Consumer Services, MSK, Musculoskeletal Australia. We'll take a short break, listeners. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 